Father, thanks so much for Sunday school, for church, and um, for being able to learn uh, these basic doctrines of, uh, of the church. Uh, be with us as we go through um, uh, part of the Apostles' Creed that you would uh, uh, enlighten us and just uh, give us a better understanding of what it is that uh, we believe in. So we thank you, we love you, in Jesus' name, amen. All right. All right, so today we're going through the Holy Catholic Church and the communion of saints. Um, yeah, it, it seems, uh, well, when I read it, it seemed pretty straightforward. I'm like, oh, how am I, how am I going to do a 45-minute <laughs> lesson out of uh, two lines? It's a tough, it's tough, but uh, but we'll just go through it, and, uh, and uh, feel free to ask questions and throw in comments, whatever you think is right. So. All right, so uh, if you look at your notes, let's see. Um, under the Holy Catholic Church, there's there's three things. There's uh, the Church is holy, the Church is one, and the Church is Catholic. Um, and then after that, we're gonna break off a little bit, and everything is related. Uh, but then we're gonna talk a little bit about the invisible Church uh, versus the visible Church. Um, and then we're going to talk about marks of the church and purposes of the church. And then the communion of saints, uh, which is the last point. Uh, that, and the communion of saints is closely tied to this first point that we're going to talk about, uh, which is uh, the church is holy. Um, so yeah, we'll start off with these two passages. We'll read through them, and then uh, we'll talk about this. So uh, Neiman, could you read for us First um, Peter 2? As you come to him, a living stone rejected by men, but in the sight of God chosen and precious, you yourselves, like living stones, are being built up as a spiritual house, to be a holy priesthood, to offer spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God through Jesus Christ. But you are a chosen race, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a people for his own possession, that you may proclaim the excellencies of him who called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. Once you were not a people, but now you are God's people. Once you had not received mercy, but now you have received mercy. Thanks. And Ashley, could you read Ephesians 2? So then you are no longer strangers and aliens, but you are fellow citizens with the saints and members of the household of God, built on the foundation of the apostles and prophets, Christ Jesus himself being the cornerstone, in whom the whole structure of being joined together grows into a holy temple in the world. In him you also are being built together into a dwelling place for God by the Spirit. Cool, thanks. Yeah, so we'll talk about this uh, a little bit more in depth. Um, the last point as well, but we'll we'll go through it uh, uh, briefly. Um, so uh, when we say the church is holy, um, it basically this basically just means that um, the church is the church is a, a built up a body of believers, right? Um, and so as believers, we have this union with Christ. We have uh, um, we take on His righteousness and His holiness, and so the church isn't is in a, a building, right? We all know that. We, we know that it's, it's made up of the people. Um, and so saying the church is holy is saying that they are, that we are set apart right, from the world. Um, God has chosen for him a people uh, out, out of the world uh, and he calls them holy. Um, and we'll talk about, talk more about that um, a little later. Um, so yeah, again, we're just uh, uh, made up of a, so the church you're saying is supposed to be a, a different or yeah. distinct 
Yeah, I have like Sorry. Sith Lord eyes. Wow. <laughs> um. Sorry. <laughs> Don't apologize. <Okay. laughs> um, the church is supposed to be. Now you're almost unconscious. Sorry. <laughs> um, so you're saying that the church as a people are supposed to be different. Um, different, like in what way? Like the way we dress. No. Uh, so we. So as as Christians, uh, yeah. Um, as Christians, we're 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 called holy. Um, or, even or, though, or is the holy more like a legal status? Like, yeah. Okay, go ahead. Oh no. Oh, I mean, is it behavioral or is it more like a, <clears throat> like a, not behavioral but more mm-hmm. legal status? Right, right. So God views us as holy. We're still sinners here, um, but uh, but yeah, we we are holy in the eyes of God in the in the sense that while we're here, we're we're still we're still sinners, but we're bought in uh, uh, into Jesus, and so. We uh, we become holy um, as we in the in the future, um, but we we're still looked upon as holy, mm. and yeah, community of saints will will touch on that a little more deeper. Um, so that's what it means when the church but is it's also, holy. But it's also behavioral too. Right? Yes, yes, it definitely that has uh, it, it is through our sanctification that we grow in holiness, uh, that we take on uh, we become imitators of Christ, um, and so. We grow, but we're still super sinful. Uh, but through um, this union with Christ, Christ kind of pushes and moves us to to become more and more holy. Um, so, so kind of like the C.S. Lewis and how he uh, we're called to be perfect. Yet yeah, that's impossible, right? Um, and so we we uh, and again, C.S. Lewis says that we we are um, what is it? How far we get in our in and how good we come in our holiness. Um, it just depends while we're here on earth but once we die we'll be perfect we'll be holy completely holy so, so um, yeah the next point is the church is one uh, the church is one and the church is universal it's, it's closely tied together um, I'm sorry the church is, yeah the church is one and the church is Catholic is closely tied together um, yeah I'll get it the church is one uh, is just saying that um, and, and by church it means the church in the in the Greek it means ecclesia and it means those who are called out right so as as church or Christians we're called out right um, and so the church is one means that we are one community across all uh all evangelical denominations, right? There's, there's, uh, as long as um, the church procla- proclaims Christ as the foundation and as the head of the church, then they're considered a church. Uh, they're considered a, um, uh, yeah, a real church, a true church. Um, and so, let's see. yeah, and so it's not, so, so it, the Holy Catholic Church, it doesn't say the Holy Catholic Churches, right? It's one church. We're one body. Um, and so there's a bunch of uh, uh, texts here. We'll go through a couple of them. Um, let's see. Chow, can you read Colossians 1 for us? And he is the head of the body, the church. He is the beginning, <clears throat> the firstborn from the dead, that in everything he might be preeminent. Okay, and... Uh, I came to read uh, Ephesians. Yeah. 
And he put all things under his feet and gave him as head over all things <coughs> to the church, which in his body the fullness of him who fills all in all. And uh, there is one body and one spirit, just as you are called to the one hope that belongs to your call. One Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God and Father of all, who is over all and through all and in all. Thanks. Yeah. So in the, in, throughout the New Testament, like it, it talks about one church, right? As as uh, as you read through, um, and you just it's not different churches, but it, overall it's just one church. Uh, whereas Jesus is. Oh, let's draw a picture. We'll make use of this. Okay, so let's say this is Jesus, right? And then so there's a ton of little churches, right? But it makes up uh, um, makes up a body. Let's like this. Let's say the church, right? The church. Um, and so the church is one. Uh, so remember, it's not it's not IGC. It's not uh, it's not. Um, whatever church, uh, other churches around here, neighborhood church, right? Um, everything is one church as long as they proclaim these basic truths, right? That Jesus is head and we're foundation, right? That we're, that Jesus is the only way uh, towards um, uh, towards God and towards uh, a saving faith. So if they proclaim that, then they're a church. If not, um, then it, then they're not <laughs> a really church. They're, they're a false church. Uh, and then there's, there's that point of how, there's a bunch of different denominations that believe in different things, right? Like secondary issues. Um, whereas like we're reformed and we believe we're Calvinist, right? And, uh, and then Baptist, there's I, the, the church I came from, they're Armenians, right? Um, and so we believe, we, we, we disagree on certain, certain different, uh, doctrines. Um, but as long as the main pillars of the Christian faith are there, they're considered the church. And, and so I, I don't know, I thought that was kind of encouraging that, um, Encouraging and discouraging, I guess, but uh, seeing that there's so much dissension among the uh, denominations, um, yet at the same time, so I think that's why when people view churches like, oh, there's so many denominations, there's so many different, um, uh, yeah, just different, so many disagreements, and uh, and so I think from outside view, it's discouraging. Um, the church is a snowman. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> some legs. Um, it's discouraging to see like a ton of different denominations, um, but uh, oh. yeah, but but at the same time, you know, as long as there's these basic, basic uh, pillars, just like man, we we praise the same Jesus, we praise the same God, um, and back uh, back before the Reformation, uh, there was uh, the church, right? There was no question about about what the church was, right? Um, and this is kind of going into the next point: the church is Catholic, um, and Catholic just means Universal. Uh, if you look it up in the dictionary, it just means universal. <laughs> Actually, it was something for something really <laughs> profound. Um, <laughs> That's actually what. Um, if you, have you guys heard of the Episcopal Church? The word Episcopal also means universal. Yeah. So it's just like different ways of saying, trying to capture this idea that it's the worldwide universal right. church. And and the and, um, so the we're universalists. <laughs> no, that's a different thing. Universal, yeah. as in, uh, oh, and we'll talk about the universal. It means um, that there's one message, the gospel message, right? And it goes throughout throughout ages, right? It's a uh, it's a message for every age, situation, culture, ethnicity, um, throughout the ages across the world, right? That means it's universal. Um, 
so it's the same message from the very early churches up till now. That means uh, uh, that's just how universal the uh, the gospel message is. Um, and so, so the Roman Catholics they they say they're Catholic or they're they're called Catholics, referred to Catholics because they believe they are the only true church, right? Um, <clears throat> uh, they believe that they are the uh, they believe the church is a visible church, uh, whereas the Reformation kind of broke off. So Luther and Calvin said that it, it was, there was uh, um, kind of two components of it, the invisible and the visible. So we'll say visible church, invisible. So the Roman Catholics believe that they are the, uh, they are the true church. So back, back then there was no question what the church was, right? It was a, a building, there was a hierarchy of clergy, um, a papacy. Um, and so everyone said, oh, that's the church, right? Uh, whereas when the um, Reformation came around, uh, then they, they said, okay, there's uh, two components of it. They're the same, but it's, uh, it's a little different. Um, the invisible church is, uh, I'm going to look at here. Uh, invisible church is, um, it's like the MasterCard thing. The MasterCard. Master. So, so the Roman Catholics said that there is no invisible church. Yes, the visible church is the church. Yeah. Everyone outside the church is lost. Everyone inside the church is saved. Um, no confusion. Yes. And then the Ro the reformers looked at the Roman Catholic Church, and they did not deny that the Roman Catholic Church uh, is. Is, is a is a church it's visible yeah but then they deny that um that that's all that's going on and so they right. said there's there's an invisible church of true believers that have existed in the roman catholic church all through time yes. right yes. so you have um true believers like you don't want to go through medieval history but mm -hmm. like anselm but like augustine for example and then they said but there's there's also some people outside the visible church who are true believers and yeah. so, so when when the Bible when the Bible speaks about the church is one, you know, one spirit, one body, the reformers shifted <clears throat> it to this is speaking of the, the invisible yeah. church. Mm -hmm. And so right. you can have situations where uh, the church is splintered into a thousand little pieces, yeah. like denominations, <clears throat> but there's still one unified universal church. Yeah. So you should draw like a. It, it, it makes a lot more sense. Hey, do, you, do you know what I'm talking about? <laughs> <laughs> okay, what? Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, no, um, leave the labels. Okay. So, so, um, so draw, we draw a big circle for visible. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> what the? There you go. This <laughs> 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 church is moving. Alright, so, so within the vi uh, visible church, there's obviously the um, Christians and non Christians, uh, the elect and non elect. As Michael said, and then invisible churches, the church, all Christians, right? All, all true believers um, that God only God knows about, right? We don't know, we don't know exactly. Um, and then, yeah, and then even that is just for the purpose. Of, oh, 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 oh. Even that is for the purpose of 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 uh, diagram. That this yeah. is probably the true diagram, right? This is probably. Well, even that is actually <laughs> presumptuous. Maybe it's more like this. I can just draw one circle. 
No, no, no. It's more like this. <laughs> I, I, think, I think this is probably the, the most accurate. This is the visible church. Yeah. Okay, and then this is the invisible church. Right? Yeah. So, so almost everyone in the invisible church is in the visible church. There's a tiny, you know, right percentage out, and then maybe about half. Half. Well, <laughs> I don't even say percentages. Yes, yes. Um, yeah, yeah, that's good. And um, and then uh, I don't think I have it on here, but Second Timothy two says, "But God, uh, God's firm foundation stands, bearing this seal. Uh, the Lord knows those who are His, and let everyone who names the name of the Lord depart from iniquity." So. Only God knows who the invisible is. Right? Whereas the visible, we see. Like if you, if you're a professing Christian, um, then you uh, and you're a part of the church. You're baptized. Uh, you take the Lord's Supper. Then you're professing that you're a Christian, right? Yet, yet it's true that not everybody is truly a believer, right? But it's um, not. But we don't know. Yes, we don't know. They we look know. exactly the same. Yeah. They profess the same thing. Yes. Yeah. And and I think and it's not for us to. Yep. Like, like, try to figure it out. Yes. Should, I mean, we should just trust. So we should treat the visible church like the invisible yeah. church. And, and, and we should treat everyone who is outside the church. You know that little shaded area I said? Yeah. There are some people who are believers but who are not in the church. We're not supposed to be looking for them and saying, I know you're really right. a believer even right. though you're not in the church. Right. You're supposed to tell them, why are you not in the church? <laughs> you're lost. Right? Even though they actually may be saved. Yes. Does that make sense? And so the, the line that we drew for the visible church, how do we know who's in, how do we know who's in the visible and not and out? The question throw, throwing out to you guys. Wait, sorry, say repeat that. If you're late to Sunday school. How do we know who's within this line? Clear it in. So this right oh, here, yes. we could say is the world. Right? How do we know you're not here and you're in here? Wait, what? How do you know that you're a part of the visible church, basically? Right? Is that what you're saying? To How be in the invisible church is what? What 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 is required to be in the invisible church? Isn't that like church? you profess the faith at least? Like profess verbally? That. No, no, but how do you know you're in an invisible church first? Let, let's do the easier one. The invisible church? Yeah, that's the easiest. <laughs> how do you know you're in an invisible church? You believe the gospel, we have the gospel. There you go. Right? You believe, right? Everyone who, 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 who calls the name of Jesus was saved. Now, how do you know you're in the visible church? Do you go to church? Isn't this a visible church? <laughs> yeah. <All right>. yeah. <laughs> I think so. Wait, what is the common area stand for? Like, where they the intersect? Part? Yeah. No, oh, in, this part? Yeah, what is that? People go wait, 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 wait. Actually, means... why don't you try answering? What do you think the middle part is? <laughs> believers who go to church. Yeah, believers who are in the church. Uh-huh. And then, and then, and then, what is this? They go to church. But they're in the church. They don't say in, go. They they're in the church. They're in the church. But yes. they don't truly believe. Yeah, they're not true not believers. Christians? Yeah, because Jesus talks about what the parable of the wheat and the tares. Yes. Right. <laughs> oh, sorry. No, no, no. Sorry. It's good. Yeah, uh, yeah. I, like Matt, no, I, I didn't write it down, but uh, Matt, Matt three twelve is the chaff and the wheat, right? Uh, how uh, in the end they're going to s- separate the chaff from the wheat, mm-hmm. um, and then Matt thirteen is the wheats and the weeds, right? Where um, some there's uh, someone that threw out good soil, uh, God threw out good soil, and then and then uh, 
uh, somebody in the nighttime threw in weeds, right? Mm. Like, uh, and then so they all spread it out. Uh, but the, and and the important thing about the parables, they look the same. Yes. Yeah. Which is really scary. Um, and in the end, then there's going to be a separation, and then the weeds are going to be burned. Yeah. Go ahead, Chad. Okay. So I have a question. Um, yes. <coughs> so it goes back to my. Well, let's go to the original question. Yes. How do you know you're in the vis- in the visible? <coughs> <laughs> How do you know you're in here? So you're saying what what makes you part of the visible church? It's not yes. just simply attending church, but you're saying that there's something more. Yeah, why is attending church not sufficient to be in the visible church? So you mean the moment you enter the building, a church building, boom, you're in the church. <laughs> Magical dust. What do you, how do you profess your, your, uh, your beliefs outwardly? Is it taking communion? Yes, that's part of it, the sacraments. Hi, why? So, Sorry, I'm late. Is this Sunday so, school? Yes. Okay. Yeah, so it's, uh, it's both. Anna? Yeah. Do you, do you know anyone here? No. No. Oh, Hannah, Hello. sit. Welcome. Welcome. Where is? Okay. Sorry. This is Harry. Hi. He's our pastor. Who turns teaching. Hi. Hello. Hi. That's Eric. Hi. So we're just talking. Really quick was we were talking about the visible and invisible church. Uh, we said that the invisible church is everyone who is truly a believer, um, and only God knows this. And then the visible is people who are. What in what church. what we know. Yes. Yes. What we see <laughs> is the visible church of. Uh, Professing Christianity. Or, so a good definition is the invisible church is the church as God sees it. Mm-hmm. The visible church is the church as we see it with it. our senses. Yeah. Mm. Now, how do we know? How do you know you're in the visible <coughs> church? Neiman, you must know. Who knows? There's, there's, there's a word that he's a church membership. It's a communion earlier. Yeah, here is something. Oh part of it, yeah. So that's the answer. Yeah. Oh. The earlier answer. Oh. Membership? Membership. Oh. So the so back <laughs> So yeah, you know you know you're part of it if you if you're baptized, if you're a member of the church and you partake in uh, uh <laughs> He's not part of it. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> you're know, invisible. All we know is that you're part of the world. Yeah. <laughs> well, but listen, when you're baptized, that's how you go in. Yes. So that's why baptism is so important. Baptism doesn't save you, but you're professing that you're part of the visible church. Right. Yes. So those who aren't baptized are, are basically saying they're part of the world and not part of the visible church. Right. And the sacraments, think about the sacraments, right? Sacraments are for believers, but they're visible, right? Mm-hmm. They're baptism, sac- uh, uh, Lord's Supper, and so they're <clears throat> only supposed to be done by people who are in the visible church. Mm-hmm. And that's why the official policy for IGC is that only if you are a member of IGC or a member of another uh, gospel <coughs> preaching church can you partake of the Lord's Supper. I think people are mistaken membership for just attending, regular attendance of a church. Right. They, um, they, they think of it in terms of attendance and or yeah. just their personal belief. But, but we never say if you're a member of the invisible church, you may partake. <laughs> Because, I mean, <laughs> no, because then, I mean, how do we know? Mm. No one knows. And so we're, we're, we're talking about the visible. Oh. And so whenever 
Um, whenever you're talking about like, is this person saved? Like God's perspective, we're talking about the invisible church. But whenever we're talking about like just church, practicality, physical, tangible, we're always talking about the visible church. Okay, I have a question. Yes. Uh, can you can you redraw the Venn diagram and then could you like okay, let's say you did and then you labeled it like A, B, and C, right? According to each cell, right? Okay. So A is on the very left, B is in the middle, C is on the very right. Okay, so like that, right? Well, we draw it with the A, B, C labels. <laughs> okay. Let's do like this. Okay. Oh, there's so many circles on here, man. <laughs> one more. Oh, one last. Let me draw like No, 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 Harry, you should draw it like a distinct two circles, like a Mastercard, for, for the purpose of illustration. Okay, okay. First illustration is uh, this is the red one. It's really thick. I'm just. Okay. Oh, okay. Oh yeah. Okay. It isn't proportional, but you know, you know what it is. So here's the labeled. Invisible, invis, and vis. Okay, and then A B C. All right, all right. <laughs> A B C. A A B C. Okay. Okay. So, so you're saying A B are people who are baptized. Yes. B are the good Christians. <laughs> no, no, they're good Christians. They're Christian so Christians. They're they're like These the are, they're true believers within the visible church. Okay, within and then, the church that we see it, as we see it. So then C are Christians that aren't baptized. Yes. So, but but they're still the elect. Yes. Right? So they're still going to heaven. Yes. <laughs> so, so my, my question is, what's the problem with being C? Because like I think of people like Alan, and, and he's like a total C, right? Yeah. So I'm like, I'm like, what's the problem with being in C? And like, is is it like the the idea of like completion when like you merge the two circles and you push out the A, and then you know this, C becomes B? I think a lot of this. Uh, there's a lot of different people in this category, but I think a lot of it is just uh, a misunderstanding of what it means to be a member, what it means, they don't, because, uh, uh, I think a, this, this would be a very helpful way to think of it. Yes. Okay, so these are uh, uh, Christians, right? Yes. Okay, these are immature Christians. Oh, really? Okay. That's the best way to think about it. Yeah. Or, or um, people say that they're they believe on their deathbed, right? And they're unable to you know, do these other things. Part of the no, I mean, because I mean, because Jesus says you need to you need Christian community, mm-hmm. but then uh, immature Christian says no, I don't need Christian community. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, and, and we have friends like that where they don't believe in the church as an institution. Sure. It's like oh, Christians are just body believers, but it's just that because they don't have a biblical view of what it is to be here. So so it's not just like the physical baptism, but it's like the ideals of baptism, right? Because I don't like, for example, Alan. I don't even know if he's baptized, but it's like the idea. It's not like the physical baptism, right? Because then he would be in B. That makes sense. Sort of, not really. Because explain more. Because like I know like people who I would categorize in like the C bubble. Yes. Not the yeah in the C side, and then um, but then they've been baptized, Mm -hmm. and like they're they're just like super like like they're like oh yeah that stuff's like old. Like, that's not how they used to do it and stuff like that, you know? So, like, I'm like... Part of it, part of the problem is that... Remember how I said, uh, baptism is how you come in? But the problem, this is a real huge problem. The problem is that now we've made baptism as just this free-floating bubble that's, like, unrelated to this, right? And so baptism is just something that you do at one point when you become a believer... But it has nothing to do with the church. 
And so I think part of it is um, not good teaching. Yes. When, when, we, when we tell people you're being baptized into the church, you're now a member of the church. But baptism uh, by itself isn't enough, of course. You need to participate in the life of the church. You need to take communion, regular Sunday worship. Um, all kinds of things makes you part of the visible church. Yeah, I think, yeah, just a, 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 a lot of churches have a really poor understanding of this, and so they don't teach it to, to their congregation. And so we're just left with a lot of these people. And yeah, uh, but when you study scripture, when you're you're uh, have this biblical understanding of what it means to be a member, what it is to be part of a church, then you'll see these two things right here. Um, you'll see what it means to be, um, yeah, part of the church. So, any other thoughts? Questions? Uh, let me just uh, share this. Um, well, let me ask you a question. <coughs> What's the benefits of drawing a hard line? Like. Like, I think a lot of churches functionally have this kind of system where if this is the visible church, then uh, it's like this. You know what I'm saying? It's like a fuzzy line. Um, why make it a hard line <coughs> in which the line is... <coughs> membership. Why not just make the fuzzy line... You know what I'm saying? Yes, I got you. I got you. Attendance. Oh, oh. <laughs> do, do you guys understand my question? Yes. So, Harry, what's? Oh, what do you think? I thought it was your question. Oh, oh, I guess I'm throwing it out to who? I guess. Huh? I was supposed to answer that question. <laughs> oh no. Do you have a question? Yeah, that's. I'm confused. Uh, so, uh, so why, why are we making the membership? Saying that membership brings you in as part of the visible church, whereas this is not, you're not part of the visible church. Well, you're, you're, part of the, you're part of the church, yes, but, but you, through yeah. attendance. Yeah. Yes, what, a lot of people think this way. Um, or what's the benefit of doing the, uh, the membership line versus the attendance <clears throat> line? Is it because membership... <clears throat> And baptism assume that you have like you adopt the ideals of at least like the the practical <laughs> ideals of Christianity like I'm gonna be like I'm gonna go to small group at least I'm gonna do mercy ministry but then like you know if they're missing like the whole invisible aspect then it's still like yeah I think one of the benefits of making it membership as the line <laughs> is that the church and and we're talking about the church leaders there the church leaders sit down with you and tell you, all right, this is what it means to be a member of the church. Mm -hmm. You need to come regularly. You need to um, support the church <coughs> with your volunteerism, with your finances to the best of your ability. Um, you need to not be in sin. <laughs> you know, you can't bring a prostitute. <laughs> well, it's good to bring a prostitute if she's, you know, a friend, but not if, you're, if she's your customer or something. Um, but you know what I'm saying, right? Like, we don't want to see you in gross sin. Do you know that, right? Um, um, whereas attendance is, is purely individualistic and subjective, right? Uh, it's you, the attender, deciding on your own. And there's nothing explicit. So you say, hey, I'm attending. That must mean I'm a believer. 
but I'm still sleeping with prostitutes. The church has nothing to say then. But if you remember, the church can say, They can rebuke you, they correct you. Correct yeah. you, yeah. It's called accountability. Yeah. And, then, and then attendance is a really subjective standard. Like, how many times do you attend before you remember? Right. Five times? Six times? And then, you know, um, and then when you stop attending, you're, you're, you're not a member of the church anymore. So it, it comes up with, it, it, there's all kinds of problems with making it attendance as the... That's really good. Um, yeah, um, and let me just share really quickly a, a, a quote from Horton, um, talking about the visible and the invisible <coughs> church. While the visible church is available to our senses, the invisible church is known only to God. We do not know who is elect and who is not, so we exercise charity towards professing brothers and Christians. Uh, the invisible church belongs to the hidden, hidden majesty and secret counsel of God in eternity. The visible church is, a, is part of God's revelation of Christ in time and space. Um, and so, yeah, as, if, if you're part of uh, the visible church, then we, we all, even, basically, we're, uh, everybody is in uh, fellowship here. Um, even uh, we treat all people the same. We treat everybody uh, here as a true believer. Um, yes. yes, I think a good way to think of it is this. This is, this is the theoretics, Yeah. right? Yeah. This is like um, um, the, the, theo the theological perspective. But the way we should act is is one and the same. Yeah. Does that make sense? So we should think of everyone outside as a pagan, everyone inside as a believer. We shouldn't be thinking like this. <laughs> I mean, I mean not, not thinking. Uh, 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 we shouldn't be um, functionally acting. Acting, yeah. And so that's why I love how Michael continually is like oh, membership, membership, and um, yeah, he's really stressing this this point right here, um, how it's so important to be a part of a church. And I think it's uh, it's partly because a lot of people don't wanna don't wanna commit in that sense. They're like, oh, what am I what am I committing to? Mm -hmm. And just because they don't understand uh, this view. Um, I don't want to say in that, but uh, um. Yeah, here's another quote that I, I really liked. Uh, the question, who needs the church? Uh, historic Protestants have always answered with scripture, whoever wishes to be saved. Uh, not all who belong to the visible church are members of the invisible church, but one cannot choose to belong to the invisible church, um, elect body of Christ, while refusing to belong to its visible expression. Um, so basically, yeah, again, we, we talked about this. Basically, if you're not, a part of the visible church, you're you're saying that you're you're, uh, you're saying that you're not part of the body of Christ in a sense, um, and so so important membership is so important. Um, and uh, uh, really quickly, uh, I I thought this was really good. Uh, what Dever was saying, um, he was he had this stat, uh, this really quick stat on on uh, commitment to church and and moral relativism. Um, a lot of people don't want to commit to church. Uh, and he, he says that 91% uh, of the American people consider religion very important in their lives. 63% reject the concept of absolutes. Um, and then the, another side is only 43% of adults who say they are Christian are absolutely committed to the Christian faith. So that's crazy, right? If you, if you think about it, you, you're saying that 
if you're a professing Christian, you're you're only forty three only forty three percent of those are committed to to um, to the Christian faith. That's like isn't the Christian faith committing to Christ? And and so I I thought that was really good, um, and just how how we're so uh, commitment phobic. Yeah. Um, so, is there any questions from you guys? Comments? Now we have we have one last uh, point, and I, I I would say just harping on the whole uh, attendance order versus membership order. I think attendance, that um, defining belonging to a church as being attendance, a huge problem with that is that it's kind of like um, an entertainment model of church, right? Where um, <coughs> Like, uh, as long as you like the show, you keep coming. Yeah, or, like, yeah. if you like the channel, you watch it, you know? Mm. And it's a very, um, like, me-centered uh, entertainment way to think about church. Right. Like, you're, you're, you're attending a show. But membership is really <clears throat> so much more biblical because th- membership is more like a family, right? Now, how do you become a member of the family? You become a member when you marry into the family, or you're born into the family, or you're adopted, or something. Something legal happens, right? And, you know, like Harry, I'm sorry, but you're not part of the Chung family, right? And so there's a clear line, right? But I mean, now that Jude is a member of the family, it's not like he can run away, or it, it's it's not up to him, you know. And so there's really strong connections and ties and obligations, and uh, 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 I think part of the reason why we've lost the um, seriousness that people should have about church and, and the connection and the obligation and the mutual accountability is because we've lost membership and we sort of switched over to the, um, the entertainment version in, uh, of attendance. Um, yeah, just to piggyback off that, like, there's a book called Stop Dating the Church and I like that image of like how uh, the attendance model is kind of where you're just like dating the church. Uh, yeah. As long as like, you know, um, no, they're making the significant other is making you happy then you're in the relationship but like as soon as something goes wrong then you can kind of like jump ship without, yeah um, there's no none of that commitment that you guys are talking about it's kind of like you get to enjoy the benefits of the relationship without the commitment or the responsibility yeah. That's really good. all right we'll uh, breeze through the last couple points um and then we'll pray um uh, marks of the church. Uh, there are three. This is from this is from uh, Burkhoff, a systematic theology. Burkhoff. Um, these are three main marks of the church that that kind of really show what a church is. A true church is is true preaching of the word of God, right administration of the sacraments, and faithful exercise of discipline. So these three things really mark mark out what a church is. Um, and then uh, purposes of the church. I got I got this from Grudem, uh, Grudem systematic theology. Um, it's ministry to God, it's worship, it's ministry to believers, it's nurture, nurturing uh, the Christians, and ministry to the world, evangelism and mercy. And he was talking about how one isn't more important than the other, but these three things must be uh, closely tied together and and um, um, and yeah, and practiced. Um, any questions on that? I, I know we went through that really quick. But. Can you explain what is faithful exercise of discipline? Faithful exercise of discipline. Oh, Mark um, yeah, it's it's just uh, being able to uh, if, if your members are are uh, are wayward or they're uh, in gross sin, 
um, them discipline is rebuking them, correcting them, it's bringing them back to, uh, giving them a, 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 just reminding them that they are Christians and this is who we are as Christians. Um, any, anything else on discipline? And what's the ultimate discipline? <laughs> Excommunication. Yeah, can you explain that in terms of the graph? Sure. <laughs> so, <laughs> discipline, like, there's, there's a, discipline goes pretty deep, it goes through a few steps, and, um, uh, as part of a visible church, you, you can be disciplined, rebuked, corrected, um, and that's part of leadership. It's not to do it in a harsh way, it's to do it in a loving way, to kind of bring you back, remind you that who you are as a, um, as a believer. Um, however, if you still deny, like, if you're like, no, that's, whatever, you, know, you guys are kind of lame, um, then that's when uh, the leadership is able to say that, okay, this is a very final thing is excommunication. You're bringing them back out of the visible church, right? Uh, you're basically saying that you're, no, you're, you're going to treat you no longer as a believer. Um, it doesn't mean that they're going to treat you negatively, but you're, they, don't, they no longer see you as one of, kind of uh, part of the family. Yeah, I think this is where these two models, this model is vastly superior because Paul talks about uh, taking uh, uh, a, an unrepentant sinner outside the church. Now, what does that mean, right? In membership, it just means they're no longer a member. But it doesn't mean like you can't still be friends or even that they can't attend. In fact, we encourage them to continue to attend. But here, what does it mean to be kicked out of the church? <laughs> it means out. you can't come, right? <laughs> so I think this is the healthiest model, right? Yeah. This right here is attendance. And this right here is membership. Right? And these are what? Regular attenders and visitors, right? They're great. We, we welcome them to attend. But this is the membership. And if you're in gross sin, you know, the example Paul gives of if there's a man who um, is sleeping with his uh, mother-in-law, this is a terrible sin. And he refuses to repent. Paul says, and you must take him outside the church. You must tell him, you're no longer, we no longer consider you a Christian because you're not living as befits the gospel. But he may continue to attend, and we encourage him to attend so that he can hear the gospel, repent, and come back in. But what does it mean to discipline, excommunicate in this model? It means don't come into our doors ever again. That's harsh. Right? Don't ever hear the gospel. You know, Don't, ever, don't show your face anymore. No, so I think this model vastly superior to being biblical. And this is why this model right here, they don't practice church discipline. Because it's too traumatic. It's too harsh. But this model allows you to practice church discipline in a loving way and says, we love you, but we don't consider you a believer because your life doesn't show it. Again, it's just a uh, uh, lack of understanding on a lot of people's part, um, including a lot of churches, church leaderships. Um, and so this is, even uh, for me, is fairly new. Uh, it's like, oh man, but it's so biblical, it's so grounded in what it is uh, to be a Christian. Um, um, and like recently, there was like a huge controversy online because of Mark Driscoll's church. They like uh, recently like uh, exercised church discipline on one of its members. Mm. I don't know if you guys have seen it. Like there's like a bunch of leaks on Facebook. And there's like, when you read the comments on the article, people are like outraged. They're angry, like, huh? Yeah, they're like, 
what makes this church think that they're like you know so special that they can like excommunicate people mm. or like didn't Jesus hang out with like sinners like mm. why you know why does Mark just go think he's like mm. yeah awesome too it's pretty pretty interesting it's a good uh, but th- I think this model allows us to be like Jesus because Jesus hung around with sinners yes you know, Jesus embraced prostitutes, tax collectors, but at the same time, he was able to say to the Pharisees, you brood of vipers, right? And so this, this is how we're supposed to live as a church, in community, uh, I mean, in, in friendship and association with non-believers, but yet maintaining the integrity of, of, of what is the church and what it means to be connected to Christ, and yet be able to say, you know, you're not connected to Christ, but we love you, you know, hang out with us. Yeah, it makes sense to everybody. Um, okay, with the few minutes we have left, the community of saints is basically fellowship of saints. And saints are, again, though, uh, from talking about at the beginning, like those who are called out, uh, those who are set apart, um, and God views as um, uh, as holy. Um, and we won't go through the, the passages, but uh, uh, there are a couple aspects. Uh, basically, uh, uh, um, the fellowship uh, in the Greek is koinonia, which means uh, a sharing. And it's a sharing both in kind of your joys and sorrows, but a lot of it was also talking about your material wealth and, and sharing amongst each other. Um, and so so there's just a, a few passages that really talk about the saints really taking care of each other, uh, really watching out for one another, those who are in need, uh, then others took care of them. Um, and so that's true fellowship, right? It's not just... Uh, after church, we're going to go eat lunch, even though that's cool. Um, true fellowship is really loving each other in a way that's family, right? If, you, if someone's in need, you're going to help them with whatever they need. Um, if they're in need financially, you're going to help them. Um, and so to understand what it means to uh, have fellowship and to be, uh, to be of the saints, it, that's what it is. Um, let's see. <coughs> And so we're called saints. As believers, we're called saints. We're not, uh, even though we're still sinners, it's kind of like the fellowship of the sinners, right? Uh, but we're still saints because because uh, uh, God views us as such. We're, I like what Luther says here, is we're righteous, not in fact at the moment, but in hope. Um, and so so that's our future hope. And that's how we're, that's why we fellowship today, we're, why we're so grateful for Jesus' first coming um, as he uh, died for us to, to buy us in uh, to the family, and then we hope in the second his second coming to make all things new and bring us all back together. So, guys, have any questions? Okay, all right, we're gonna pray, and then we have uh, service. So, Father, thanks so much for um, just these rich uh, doctrines and the Apostles' Creed, and really uh, being able to learn. Um, more what it is to uh, be part of the visible church, part of the invisible church. We thank you for, uh, uh, yeah, just this knowledge, being able to to learn and, and, and being uh, enlightened. We thank you for everybody here. We thank you for church, for a fellowship of uh, just believers. Help us to love each other more, love, each, love you more. And we thank you. We pray these in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen.